Sentire Media Hello there, podcast listener. Thank you so much for downloading our little podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Ciao, I'm Ashley. Today, today, well, together, we own, operate, run, live at, and are currently sitting in the kitchen of La Tavola Marche, a little agriturismo cooking school and slice of paradise in the foothills of the Apiani. Piobico, Italia. Yes, we're way out in the middle of nowhere, but it's lovely out here. And it's a gorgeous winter day. It's been pouring rain, and now it is a clear, sunny day, but it's, the temperatures are definitely cooler. It is the 12th of February. Um, we are. It is 9 o'clock in the morning. We're ready to go. I'm ready we to are. do a podcast. I'm two days. It's the last couple of days. It's actually said it's been raining, so I'm ready to do some outside work today. Sounds good. I'm ready for you to do it, too. <laughs> We need some more wood hauled and um, cut your canals a little bit deeper for the water. It's going good though. All right, let's jump right into it. Oh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump right into it. So, um, we did a little switcheroo. Ashley took off for the weekend, and I had a friend come down from uh, up north, northern Europe, and um, she she went to, to old France. She went to the see the Frenchies. We oui? we oui. and. Um, we kind of there's nothing. Here's the problem with um, this area in the winter time. There's nothing to do. Absolutely nothing <laughs> to do. I searched. I wanted to go fishing. I wanted to go sport fishing. You know, day day boat fishing in the Adriatic. None of the boats would go out. Too too cold and too. You know, none of the sport fishing ones. I tried to go to the. Uh, they're big into karting around here, like little go karts. Really cool tracks. You can rent really fast. They're hardcore. S- scary hardcore yeah. <laughs> go karts. Everything closed. Um, what else did I try to do? Anything basically outside, or Italy's a nice weather country. So in the winter time, there's. I mean, unless you're in a big city and you can see the artwork, but out here, there's nothing. Yeah, and you guys did not want to go see artwork. No. You, the only other thing you wanted to do was go up to, like, the Ferrari Museum or something. But that was a bit of a poke for going yeah. up and coming back the same Yeah, day. it's outside of Modena, and that's a bit of a – for a day trip, maybe if you had – I just don't want to drive that. No. I just don't want to be in our crappy car that long. Exactly. Um, so but you guys did decide. We did decide to go to the Frasassi Caves. The Frasassi Caves are um, about an hour south of us. They're um, in the if you go to Ancona and then just come thirty, they're basically thirty minutes inland from Ancona or about an hour south from us. They're open year round. They are uh, these caves that you go into, and I, I don't know any of the details, like how many meters deep or I, no. It's pretty freaking amazing. There's thirty thirty kilometers of caves, and you go through eight hundred meters of it. But you, uh, uh, it's a beautiful gorge. It's the um, uh, for Saucy Gorge, this crazy, crazy cut through these mountains, um, coming over to the east east side of Italy, and for Saucy is great because no matter what it's doing outside, blazing hot, freezing cold, windy, um, whatever, it is always the same in the caves. It's kind of <laughs> humid and kind of cool, and it's great. And um, we had a really nice drive. We uh, like I told Craig, we're going on a date. I told him I'm not. I really don't. I'm not. He's not getting a second date <laughs> because there was no pictures. You can't take pictures in the caves because they know, want you to buy I their know. postcards. And so there was a picture time like, well, they'll take a picture for you for, you know, whatever, 10 bucks or whatever. And I said, do you want to take a picture? And he said, do you want a picture? And I said, 
I want you to want the picture. Is oh what I want. my god! <laughs> and he didn't want the picture, and we didn't get one. But anyway, I, I joke. Um, and then, um, from there, about twenty minutes south of that is this little food truck on the on the. We've talked about this before. Uh, it's near Met- Metallica. Um, there's a food truck at like uh, the crossroads. Uh, where these, where, where it's like an interchange of four different roads going in four different directions. Basically, a food truck that they built a permanent like, like um, cover and cover little, like a permanent cover and a little little patio. Uh, patio area on. And all they do is make three types of sandwiches: porchetta, prosciutto, or salami and cheese, and um, what is it? Bracciola. Yeah, bracciola. The sliced pork shoulders. Slice, take pork shoulder and slice it really thin, and just grill it over coals. A little salt and pepper on this really good bread. Done. It's awesome. I was um, like Jason mentioned, out of town, and he picked me up at the train station with two of those bad boys and a bottle of water. And I thought, this is a good man. <laughs> well, they're even good cold because the juices and the fat and everything soak into I the know. bread. It so, was delicious. It was just what I needed after a day of travel. It was so good. So there you go. I mean, that is the that is something the for Saucy Caves. Um, you can Facebook Facebook it. You can Google it and learn all about this caves they were actually only discovered a few years ago yeah in like the late 80s or yeah something? I'll t- okay so real quick there's a bunch of kids or a bunch of kids a bunch of people like uh, uh rock climbing or, or hiking on top of these mountains and they it was a calm day and they saw the bushes blowing in some kind of breeze so they went to check it out and what it was is a little crack in the rocks and the air was coming from the caves up past these bushes and making them shake and they uh Got a flashlight and a rope and then got down maybe 10 meters to this little – the first little ledge. And they when they shined their flashlight down, they couldn't see anything because it was so big and so deep that the light just disappeared. So what they did is they dropped a stone and then they lit, counted how many seconds. And then because you know how f- fast the free-falling stone will fall times the amount of time it took, you'll get the – depth of the uh of the caves and it was it's crazy it's like a hundred and something meters deep. incredible and how crazy is it that these guys then like kids. came back the next they were, day they were kids they were like i know if they weren't if she, i don't remember she said they were 18 or i think like 22 18, or something yeah can you imagine though and then who's like all right who draws the short straw to go down <laughs> oh so i never told him what the frasasi is stalagmites and stalactites oh yeah <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> it's because we've gone before, so it's like we're thinking you know. So the for, um, around here is very sulfuric water, and this sulfuric water has a lot of calcium in it and different minerals that, are, that when they drip on each other, um, build up. And a stalagmite is just these minerals that look like these giant columns, and they can look like melty candles or slices of bacon or... Um, you know, one looked like Santa Claus and it's just, it's absolutely incredible. They grow at about a millimeter of year and you're looking at these things that are, I don't know that she said, there's no frame of reference because you're there's in There's no like depth perception. Depth perception. So you're in this cave and she'll point, the, the guy will point at this <laughs> one and she'll be like, see that one over there? That's eight meters tall. And it looks like just the size of your finger. Yeah. It's really <laughs> small. You don't get it. It's just so weird. So if at eight meters at a millimeter a year, that's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Feels like you're on another planet it when really you go does. in there. You lose track of time, and like Jason said, without the, you know, this depth perception and sense of space, and 
it is just wild. I don't know. Caves are kind of cool. Even if you're not into geology or any of that stuff, it really is a cool, cool day trip. Absolutely. And if you're th- if you need to beat the heat or beat the weather mm-hmm. in any way, for Saucy Caves, man, you cannot. It's always the same temperature there. And it's a great thing for people of any age. Like kids. That's true. Oh, the walk wasn't bad at yeah. all. It's really it's an easy it's like an hour and a half walk through it. The only if thing I want to be say, hardcore. Yeah. If you want to be hardcore, you can sign up ahead of time for the, um, like, you know, you, they give you all the gear and you go through a bigger, like more different places, more challenging places, Thank <laughs> you. more different places. That doesn't work. It's, it's pretty good. Right, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so that, so we did that, uh, together this week. And other than that, we watched a lot of YouTube videos here. Pretty uneventful weekend. Let me tell you. I had a good time in France. Yeah. It was really fun. It's just still just blows my freaking mind that you can fly from Rome to, uh, you know, a little village in France for under 50 euro round trip. I think my tickets were like 38 or 48 euro round trip. And it just, I don't know. That's wild. Um, I did for the first time take the bus from Aquilania to Rome to Tributina and then took the train to um, the airport. That was awesome. That bus was, I think it was like 34 bucks. It was a round trip or one way? One way. Really? It was a bit expensive, but it, it was, well, it was really a comfortable. Bus. It was a coach. It was a coach, and it made one stop for a cafe. I love it. The bus picks you up at 6.50 in the morning, and then about an hour and a half in, it stops for a cafe. Everyone gets out, and you have your morning cappuccino or whatnot, and a little brioche, and then you get back on the bus, and... Keep on keeping on. It was super comfortable, really easy, great way to get to Rome um, without having to drive. I think I think Carolyn said you're right. One way is expensive, and then round trip was only like forty. That's what I think. Like like Forty five bucks, bucks yeah. or something. Yeah, ten bucks more. But for one person and to beat the traffic, and if you don't want to bring a car, you cannot drive into Rome from our house for forty five. No, and it was fast. Like we still, I was checking it out. We were still at Rome city center. Essentially, I mean, we were driving past it, but we were there in three hours. Like, <laughs> it, it was not a slow-going bus. This guy knew. He was hauling ass. He knew what he was doing. So weird. Rome, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but our house to Rome City Center is three hours on the dot. From the time you leave, pull out of our driveway to pulling into the parking lot, it's three hours. Uh, the airport's... Whew. Airport can be a it's lot a more. It's a because bitch. it's the GRA. It's the Grande Recordo Annulare, I think. Right? I have no idea. It's, it's the ring road, the GRA around Rome, and that can be a parking lot. And then Fiumicino is not. No, it's it is it's, out it's there. It's out there. It's on the water, and it's at the southern. It's at the southwestern part. Like you have to go to the southwest part of Rome or the GRA and then go out to from the Tributina. The train um, was still another half an hour or so mm-hmm. to get to the airport. So that's going by train without having the traffic or anything like that. That being said, when I came back, um, I took there's a new or newer train called the Leonardo Express, and it goes direct from uh, Fiumicino to. Termini for 11 euro. That's not new. We did that when we first, the first time we came to uh, Italy. I thought the other ones used to have stops. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. It was direct. And it was always expensive. It's the tourist train. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's freaking 11 euro to go 20 minutes. Maybe it's just that I haven't taken it in a long time. Yeah. But it was great. It was an um, easy way to get back. And 
great way to travel. I have to say butter, delicious in France. Um, I do like a little bit of the butter on a baguette with ham and cheese. Nice touch. They eat delicious creamy, creamy cheese where I was in Rennes. And foie gras. Mm, foie gras. What is that exactly? Because it's like just fatty, like foie gras. P- pieces of meat with it. And now, are you talking about foie gras, duck liver, or are you talking? Oh about... no, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Not foie gras. <laughs> what am I talking du- about? You can't confit. Confit. I'm so retarded. I don't know any of this. Okay, so conf- confit. Confit is when you place a. You can do confit of duck, rabbit, oh a confit of a lot of different things. You place it under salt on a usually pressed. You place a piece of meat because we were spreading this like thick butter across the. So you take a, du- a du- like duck confit for example. You take the leg and the thigh of a duck. Okay. Under salt with usually herbs, you can, whatever herbs it does it varies from recipe to recipe. A day or two, then you wash it and then you put it in a casserole with duck fat. You, you wash it like you literally rinse it off? Yeah, yeah, I think you do. I think you rinse rinse it off because otherwise it'll be too salty. Okay. Then you put it in a casserole dish, like a casserole, uh-huh. one of those earthenware casseroles, in with its with melted duck fat, covered with duck fat. Like so it's in, underneath the fat, and then you bake it very, very low temperature for a long time. And it's a way of preserv- preservation. So then when it comes out, the fat will harden on top. No air can pass in, and it's a way to conserve. So then you can take that and you can pour it into um, – you can just leave it on the – you can just leave it on the counter like that. And then when you want the duck, you dig it out. It's Why incredible. don't we do more of that? We did Why something – Why don't we do more of that? <laughs> we did something like that once. I've done it before. Yeah, we did it with uh, rabbit. Rabbit confit. Oh, my God. It's really – it's still it's, – it's awesome. It but is. Why don't we do it? We should do uh, – you know what? I'll do it more this year because I don't – Want to <laughs> get into it? Yeah. Do you really? Man, want- it is good. It is so dangerous because you're like oh, just a little smidgen on a cracker, and it's the best cracker all of a sudden you've ever had. It was delicious. So then, when the meat and when comes you did out, it before, it, I remember yeah, when, it just being like, oh when my the meat god! Comes out. It's a little salty. It's er, it's got the taste of the herbs, and it's um, and it falls apart. Falls it just apart. falls apart, and you kind of wipe the the fat off that it's in, underneath. It's not like you eat the fat. Listen, if you're getting grossed out by this, you're crazy because duck confit is one of the best things in the entire world. I, I, I would eat duck confit a lot. Oh, yeah. My I heart would be like <laughs> pumping <laughs> sludge. Oh, my God. We should. You know what? I'll do that. For the, for the spring when we don't have like 25 people for dinner when it's more in the 12s, uh-huh. I'll uh, – Ooh, book now for the spring, folks. I'll start doing more <laughs> of that kind of stuff because you're right. People just want good stuff. It doesn't always have to be super t- duper uber Italian. We should do. No, this is super country. I know. It is super country. And it's super good. Should we use super one more time? Because that's super annoying. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. Speaking of meat, how is yours? <laughs> you mean sausages and salami? Yep. They're, ha- they're hanging <laughs> up in the... Uh, not even a nice segue? <laughs> no, not a nice segue. They're hanging in the um, in the drying room. They're pretty good. I think the first ones that we made will be coming down this week. This I think week, so, too. And we'll put them into the vacuum seal bags. Uh, the salamis will probably have another four weeks or so. But the sausages have that nice color, the nice white. Yeah, they got the mold. Yeah, the first batch are, are done, so... Going good. Good. Nothing went. felt like it went too fast last year. There were some concerns. Uh, last year, I think, well, I don't remember. Was it too fast or too warm? 
I think part of it was it was going too fast, and then part two was Gachi cut them all down. Oh, that's right. Gachi cut them all down last year. And at separated. this time. We yes, were in yes, Greece. Yes. We were in Greece at this time. Okay, yeah. So none of that <laughs> this year because we're not going anywhere, and they're they're looking wonderful. I'm going to try to make some more salami or sausages this week. Oh, I think. yeah. That's right. We're maybe another 40, 30 or 40 kilo. 30 yeah, kilo. just because, you know, I, I just want I want some more of the, the um, just, fennel and pepperoncini. Yes. Very good. So we'll do that. I'll, I'll call the butcher as soon as we're done with this. Um, oh, you were reading something about wolves, and it's something that is always on my mind. Let's um, talk why, wolves. Let's talk wolves. I was just talking about wolves in France, too, so that's why this is funny. So there, there's a huge wolf problem, and we've heard wolves on our... Uh, Road. Road. I've seen – last year I saw a big pack of wolves and um, wolf, you can hear them sometimes. Um, oh, my God. It, is, yeah, it, it, it stand, makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It feels close. Well, towns in Tuscany, well, they're, they're, they're protected wolves are. And um, not getting into the politics of it, but from the people around here's point of view is the wolf population. If you don't control the wolf population, they get they start eating everything, and they'll eat all through all the deer. They'll eat through all the rabbit. They'll eat through all the wildlife, and then they'll start going for the um, the, dom- the domesticated animals like uh-huh. the sheep and the cows and the and the cats and the everything. So, which has been a problem which, out here too. Which has been a problem. Wolves That's why they, we haven't had any hunters this in the valley. This yeah, is- boar numbers are way down. Deer, we don't like five years ago when we arrived, there was deer everywhere. You had a head on a swivel at dusk and dawn. Definitely now, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And they attribute that to the rise in. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what people have been told. What the talk me. of town is? This is town talk. So. Town talk. <laughs> uh, if going unchecked, the wolves get out of control. So that's what we're, I guess, what we're seeing now. Um, towns in Tuscany, villages in Tuscany, the farmers are starting. It's worse, I guess. There, they're starting to lose livestock, and the um, communes or the region or whoever the government's telling them it's not a problem. It's not the wolves. So they're starting to shoot wolves and drop them on the doorsteps of the commune or the village that. offices um, because they're. I mean. You know, if you kill a sheep or if you kill a cow, that's basically taking money out of your pocket. Exactly. Um, just like when the, the so they're saying, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for this? And so I don't know if there's a, um, you know, if they can do a control or get a study to do how many actual wolves there are. But I know that when we moved here, there were no wolves, and now we know there's wolves around. I just like the sense of the Italians uh, when they take it into their hands like this to protest uh, when they do. Well, the same thing with the milk farmer who was getting his um, his baby cows gored by... Uh, boar. Boar. And the, the, the they cow- said, there's not a problem. Yeah. You don't have a problem with boar. <laughs> and th- well, we told the story. Uh-huh. Before. So he catches a baby boar and lets it go in the the commune office or the town village <laughs> offices, and then shouts at him. Do you tell me now that the boar aren't a problem? <laughs> as the as the pigs running through where the you work, yeah, where you work exactly. <laughs> So that's the that's some of the talk of the uh, talk of what's going around. Carnivals coming up, uh, coming up. Oh uh, yeah. as well. Um, which I got an email yesterday, and I just thought I would read it because I don't know if it's true. However, I found it to be very interesting that this email says Fano the carnival in Fano is the oldest in Italy, and it dates back to 1347. Now I'm not questioning the date, but I. I don't know. I would have thought Venice or something maybe or with Vatican. it or the – I don't know or the Vatican or I don't know that some other 
I had no idea, but I love, this is just what I love that wherever you are, it seems like you, that place is the oldest. Well, <laughs> Beltrami told, the cheese guy told us that the Marcagiani invented pasta. Exactly. So Fano created Carnival. <laughs> and well, and so we are lucky that we live so close to Fano. <laughs> um, and it says that that's why they're famous for um, their parades and the candy and cakes and panettone and chocolates and all of this. So F- Carnival and Fano is celebrated over three weekends, Sunday the 16th, the 23rd, 16th and 23rd of February, which happened to be our next two online cooking class dates, and March 2nd. And so I'm sure we'll go down there for probably the March 2nd one. Um, here in Italy, they don't do Halloween. I mean, Halloween kind of a little, but it's Carnival. That's when you dress up. Yeah, and you don't even – you most kids we've seen or talked to have numerous costumes. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of fun. It's a winter – it's a middle winter something to get excited about. Well, and Carnival and Fano is pretty great because they have those huge, massive floats. And, uh, yeah, they're throwing their candies and treats. And I know we've talked about this before, but in Apecchio, I love going to their carnival festivities because it's always a week into Lent, which I just love because they say the party, you know, keep it going. But they hand out, they throw out like salamis and glasses of wine. It's great. (laughs) So, yes, if you were ever curious, um, fun fact, carnival Festivals started in Fano in La Marca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yes. Um, being in uh, Italy, this we haven't been hit, but this week or this month, Italy has been hit with some crazy weather. Floods oh all gosh. over. It seems like anytime it rains in Italy, it just it just automatically floods. We have no water plan. Taking the train, I saw um, across from Rome to Fano, or to Ancona. Tons of standing water. I mean, it wasn't horrific what I saw. It was real flatlands of, um, like, farmlands that were just, I don't know, a couple inches. Yeah, we have ter- – the Dutch are much better – A couple centimeters, better. I mean. Dutch are much better at – we had our, na- our Dutch neighbor come over and show – and we dug a couple of uh, – made a couple of dikes, and he fixed – our whole water problem. He did. Because Without spending it, any money. No money and maybe two <laughs> hours of work. The Dutch just know how to deal with water. The Italians don't make water plans. They don't make a plan for, hey, when it rains a lot, where's all this water going to go? Oh, for example, like being in a place like um, parts of Sicily, if it rains, you're screwed. <laughs> the water, it rains hard and it comes in and those streets are not made to carry water. Uh, I just noticed around Sicily, or around Sicily, around Italy, they're not. There's a lot of, you know, uh, water damage because we're just not. They just don't plan for that. I don't know. But anyway, we saw a crazy video, crazy YouTube video from South Tyrol, uh, where is it? The Passier Valley and a slow moving mountainside of snow that then once it gets to the bottom of the mountain follows the river. It is. It's incredible. It is incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Also, because it's going, like Jason said, slow moving. Well, it's maybe they're just, maybe it looks, it's the. No, you can like hear the guy talking and stuff. So it's not in slow motion. 
Yeah, but how far back do you think he was? I mean, it could look slow. I mean, if you go up in an airplane. Oh, true, true, true. Look, I'm sure. The car looks like it's No, but moving. it means you can kind of, um, as watching the video, you could ca- really appreciate its strength is what I mean, too. That it, since it's kind of in this slow, it's moving freaking fast, I'm sure. But since it seems a little bit slower, you watch the tree slowly move down. And I don't know. It is. I have not seen anything like that and seen a wall of snow coming down off of a th- or through the river it just made me think holy shit what if something like that happened out here uh yeah <laughs> that's all i could think well, about there are have you noticed there's some there's a lot of road washouts around yes here? or we have a hill right behind our house what if some chunk of snow just came down and it's not that tall though no you're right but whew. you're talking about the alps i know i'm a little Actually, that- you always <laughs> go to extremes you're like what if the top of the little hill by our house just falls off and rolls down and smushes us it would be like a <laughs> <laughs> Right. Any, so anyway, um, check out the video though. It is, it is, uh, it really it, is it's really living out here in the middle of the no, in the middle of the nowhere, in the middle of nowhere after living in New York city and, and suburbs and all that is you really appreciate how mother nature can just come and kick you right in the butt at any single moment she wants. It's, Absolutely. And you're just, you're totally screwed. Yeah. You can never be a prepared. No, it's not enough. like, um, Hey, can you pump the brakes or divert little this T-O, a little bit? T-O, little T-O, time T-O. out, time out. No, she's coming in, knocking down the door and holy smokes. Uh, let's see. Oh, other things I wanted to talk about. Um, different kinds of, let's, I don't know how a good segue for this, but we were talking the other day about different vegetables that, um. Oh yeah. Cause I wanted to do cardoons for the cooking class yeah. and you were like, Oh, no one can get cardoons. No. So card though, card, the cardoons. Hold on. Let me go. I got the. Cardoons I'm, are in the, it's an artichoke thistle. Yes. It's called an artichoke. It's called an artichoke thistle. And you, I've never seen these really outside. I mean, I'm sure there are. I just never really knew what to do with them or, or knew anything about them. A cardoon or an artichoke thistle, this thistle-like plant is the family acet... I can't even... Don't even try. Naturally occurring form of the same species as the globe artichoke is many cultivated varieties. Uh, Western and Central Mediterranean region is domesticated in ancient times. So That's Jason reading Wikipedia. So basically <laughs> what it looks like is it looks like a light, pale green celery yeah. on steroids. Exactly. Jumbo. Like the size of your arm. Yeah. Like two, the stalk the size of your huge, like length huge. of your arm. What you do is you take this and just like with um, uh, artichokes, you have to use acid water. So like water with a lemon in it. So what you do is you take it and you cut it into chunks and then, you know, um, I don't know, however long you want them. I usually, I do it with sausages a lot. So I'll cut them <laughs> the size of the sausages. We're always eating sausages. I love sausages. <laughs> you can fry this stuff. You can make yeah, it Yeah, a lot sausages. of people were asking if we fried it. Um, you can make it into Parmigiana. You can use it in... Um, y- Whatever you would use an artichoke heart for, you can use the, you can replace this with the artichoke heart. Um, so then you put in the uh, the uh, lemon water, and then with a um, knife or a potato peeler, you peel the back end. And just like a celery, it has those stringy veins running mm-hmm. through it. And you just take that top layer off, and then from there you can do whatever you want. You always have to keep it in what, acid water. Sorry, since I didn't ever, I, I've never cleaned them. I've just eaten them. Is it? Would you say a knife or a potato peeler? Like I'm thinking, I would go for a potato peeler. Will a knife? Will it pull away from it when you? If you use a knife, or you mean like you have to cut it off? No, you have to like scrape, like peel the outside because it's real stringy. Mm -hmm. So if you whatever, you'll see when you go to try to do it or watch a YouTube video. It's really easy. 
Um, and then from there, you either boil them and then saute them like I do with the to serve them with sausages, or you can fry them, or you can boil them and use them in salad. I mean, it just tastes just like an artichoke. But you would always boil or blanch them kind of first? Yeah, you always have to okay. cook them first. Um, I don't know. If you fry them, you might just fry them from raw. I've never fried them before. I've only eaten them fried. I've never done it. But um, I really like them. It's something, they totally, are good. It's something totally different. It's just like a regular artichoke, pain in the butt to to uh, clean but but after all of that and how different it looks than an artichoke it really also has the weirdly kind of the same consistency as the artichoke mm-hmm. hearts yeah, and yeah it's i don't know it's kind of wild because it's really good so if you walk by if you're in your fancy schmancy yeah store, i wonder if like a whole foods I'm or sure something something like that um this is their they're coming into season it's called a cardoon or cardo or cardi and it looks like a giant uh, pale green uh, celery head. It's I'm going to put giant. it as the picture for the podcast. Okay. And that's one that we've been making a little, a lot because they, you'll find them on the coast. Uh, Fano, when you go to the market in Fano, not so much around here. And I asked the fruit, fruit, uh, fruit to vendor why she didn't. She said, because the PO because they never want to try anything different. <laughs> she was really upset about it. She's so cute. too. She, she was like, yeah, I love cartoons. Um, my family, blah, 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 wherever they were from. I don't remember. And, uh, she said, yeah, I love cartoons. And, um, they just don't sell here, so I don't buy them. I think they're also like artichokes where it takes a little time to get them started in the ground. But oh, then, definitely. Um, but then they come back, and they come back hard. Well, they also don't like the cold, and we're too cold. So I'm sure if you go down south. But see, but like I know Carlo and Gigi have them, and they're up in Urbino, and it's yeah, cold up they, there. They're facing the sea. They're on the ocean side of those hills. Oh. Think about that. They get the, the a lot more warmth during the day, or during the during the winter mm-hmm. than we do. I don't think they freeze. Or if they do, it's a soft freeze. We'll get snow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally worth it. I love cardoons. What is another veggie that you like that might not be super? Well, something that I think that like cardoons, you might have seen it, but you don't know what the hell it is. Something else I know people have seen, but don't tend to know what to do with is fennel. And wild fennel we can find along the road and we have here, but also the fennel bulb. And we're going to do an online cooking class about that um, actually in two weeks. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the fennel and then we'll go into the the uh, thing for the cooking class. Yeah. All right. Uh, fennel. Fennel is something that everyone passes over because no one knows how to cook it or use it. Yeah. Or, or it's like cut way too thick and it's just like, ugh. Fennel is a bulb. It's a not a root, but it's a bulb. And there's the wild fennel does not grow the bulb. It grows a very aromatic stalk with very aromatic fronds. Whereas the cultivated fennel has a bulb and the fronds have no, no real no mm-hmm. taste to them. Um, fennel either needs to be braised or cooked long and slow to make it not so tough or sliced paper thin so it's very palatable and, and easy to eat. Um, You'll find it in sometimes salads or that, and it's kind of thick sliced. and Yeah, terrible. Oh, and especially if it's not young. Like Italians love to do things like take fennel or take um, cauliflower. I mean, this is different because they cut it really thin. But Or artichokes with just drizzle of olive oil, salt, and pepper. But and you that's, dip it. Yeah. And you dip it. But that's when things are still really young and <laughs> very fresh. But right now... I find that in the States, most of the time, they, they have these huge fennel bulbs and they're too mature. They're too big. Exactly. And they're not delicate mm-hmm. at all so you really have to cook the crap out of them and people just don't know and, and if you don't know what the hell to do with that vegetable no one will no one will use it so we're gonna do um 
two or three? How many do we do? Two. Two. We're going to do two uh, fennel two different ways at an upcoming live cooking class from here in our farmhouse straight directly to February you. February 23rd. Let's talk, about, let's talk about this, Ashley, shall we? Let's, Jason. So I heard you've been doing some an exciting new project. <laughs> wow, it really is. I can't wait. It is new and really on the cutting edge. Wait, wait, or should we do... The NPR voices. Oh, Jason, yeah. I've heard you've got a new project coming up. I do, Tell Ashley. me a little bit more about that. Our, well, I think our listeners would really find this interesting. Well, Ashley, this coming up week, we're going to have our fourth live cooking class from Italy, where mm, mm. I'll be cooking directly along with you, if you'd like. What's the menu? Um, I think we're doing chicken or rabbit in the style of the hunter. I'll be doing Mouth rabbit. watering. Mm. Mm. Those are some real salty balls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to be doing uh, chicken and a rabbit in the style of the hunter. And we've gone over this a couple a couple of podcasts ago. But um, style of the hunter can mean anything depending on where you're from. Just because it's the style of you, everyone equates it with either mushrooms or with tomato based. You know, like a red kind oh, of yeah, cacciatore. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's not like that at all where we are. And I'm going to be using rabbit, but if you can't find rabbit or don't dig on rabbit, then chicken will mo- work most definitely. And I'm also going to be doing um, the most perfect, best roasted potatoes you'll ever have. And it's a two-part cooking technique, and we'll get more into that. Again, our these classes are not about sexy, super fancy um, dishes. This is about technique and but learning how to cook. That being said, this braised rabbit with roasted potatoes is super sexy. No, it's, it's not. It's farm peasant food. Oh, I know, but it's so delicious. It's so tender. What does that have to? Well, when I so say, to I me, think, I think no, that I think <laughs> six carrots on the plate. With oh the, no, I'm a, with I'm, the a, tower. I'm a country meat potatoes girl. I'm like, no, that's six. They're out there. We just need some gravy. <laughs> no, this isn't. This isn't. It's not super refined. I love. Very simple, you know, more peasant type good food. If you're looking for the fancy schmancy, you know, remoulade and blah, 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 then you're not going to, it's not going to happen. Not with you. Not with me. <laughs> no, but this is good. But, but you <laughs> learn how to actually cook. And then once you do learn how to c- learn the technique, now you can go and make your fancy schmancy, whatever you want to do. And then for the fennel, back to the fennel. Back to the fennel, we'll be doing fennel two ways. We're going to do fennel um, in white wine, so a braised fennel, and then we're going to do a raw fennel, which is sliced paper thin with our beautiful Sicilian blood oranges that are in season right now. In fact, I'm going to get another glass of blood orange juice. Delicious. So we've got cardoons, fennel. Um, How do you use wild fennel? Wild fennel uses an aromatic like you would rosemary or thyme or whatever. You can And when we do our sausages, what fennel are we using? So what's fennel seed? Fennel seed is the seeds from the fennel plant from that aromatic plant. From the aromatic plant, yes. not the uh, bulb. I don't believe the bulb goes to I've never seen the bulb go to seed. I know my aromatic ones did. Yes, cuz we we saved him. Yeah. And when you um and then before you put them into the the sausages, you must um sterilize them because they'll have bacteria that will grow inside the sausages. So I put them in the oven at 100 degrees centigrade for 10 minutes. Um so another interesting kind of veg. Oh, I know what, I'm oh, sorry. I what? know what someone asked us this week about blood oranges. Oh, and if we eat them? No. Well, if we eat them and how to choose good blood oranges. Yeah, there was a two-part question. Oh, it was? Okay. Uh-huh. Blood oranges here are sold by the case. Oh, and I think he said they were four bucks a pound or something. His are four bucks uh-huh. a pound? Oh, holy crap. Okay, so I, for a 10-kilo case, 
Is it 10 kilo? Yeah, it's probably 10 kilo. It's a case. It's a big case of oranges. I pay four euro. Um, they're considered the cheap oranges at this time of year. They're absolutely delicious. I find they're better when they're firmer. When they start getting soft, that means they're not as they're not as um, fresh. And with any citrus, it's all about the skin. You can tell a fresh citrus because that skin, when you like, kind of rub your finger over it, the the, the oils will pop out. Also, some of the times you'll see them with the leaves still on. If the leaves are still on, you know how long it takes for a leaf to die from a tree. Like within a week, that thing's, that thing's wilty. So if the leaves look good, because a lot of times they'll, they'll be like leaves inside of the boxes that we get because they just they, – however they pick them, um, then that. So firm fingernail over the skins I usually find if a bunch of oil and you know sprays mm. up when you do think of the think of the ocean spray think of the orange juice commercial you know mm-hmm. when they go to squeeze the juice you can see the oils from the, the skin misting and popping out mm. um and then that's ridiculous. So I don't know how you can afford to <laughs> He had four bucks a pound. I, mean, I think that's what he said. I'm probably completely wrong. But <laughs> but um and do you do people eat them whole? Like I we just juice them. I juice them. I don't know how I they that really was a great eating? question because I thought it, Italians do eat ham fruit. Yeah, they, I think it's more the navel oranges. I think so too. I don't think you eat these. Ones. I, I know because, but you'll use them for like the um, fennel salad or something. Like you'll see in the yeah, I'll section them out and use them for the fennel salad or the juice is absolutely incredible. I mean, oh man, I can't describe it enough. All right, no one wants to hear about it. I know it. I know it. So, did you want to talk about anything else that you were reading in the Italian papers? Oh yeah, there was one more thing that the statistic that I find funny the other day. Where is it? Okay, so the statistics for 2012 um, are out. Whatever the census statistics for Italy in 2012. Um, Italians have always been close to their parents, but f- fewer flew the nest in 2012 than in 2011 due to a continued lack of jobs. The struggling economy. Uh, the latest figures from the ISTAT, I-S-T-A-T, the National Statistics Agency. Um, uh, 61.2% of Italians between the ages of 18 and 34 still live at home in 2012. What, what, what? <laughs> 31,000 more than the previous year. Um, those still with their parents are mostly single who can't afford to live alone or are forced to return to home. Men also make up the bigger proportion with the figures from late last year showing that 52.3% of men ages 25 to 34 were still living with their parents compared to 35% of women. That is uh, so incredible. Figures are hardly surprising seeing the jobless rates are a record high, blah, 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 blah. But still, holy crapola. of Italians between 18 and 34 still live at home. Six in 10. I would go crazy. I think Italians like their family a hell of a lot more. (laughs) I just thought that... And it's 52% of men and 35% of women. Almost 53%. That's crazy. That is... That's a lot. So that just jumped out the page. I was reading... I know. For our... um, for our language lesson, we're back into the language lessons and we're trying to read more paper, read more Italian and just get back into it. So we'll be pulling out these fun facts that make my head pop out of my, my, my eyes pop out of my head from the paper. I think there was also another creepy one about adults and young Italians. Yeah, I don't want to get into that either. Um, shout outs. <laughs> 
transitioning nicely. Um, I've got a couple shout outs. Are you ready for them, Jay? Do I have to do anything for these? No. Oh, then yes. <laughs> Just did Fire away. Yes. There we go. All right. We got a little shout out for Leon from NYC. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> We have a special shout out that was a request, and this is so cool, to Amy Chambers from San Diego. Ciao, Amy. Thanks for listening and uh, your love of all things Italian. And last but certainly not least, I've got a shout out to Catherine from Nashville and her blog, The South in My Mouth. It was really hysterical. She took a one of our online cooking classes and is a podcast listener and wrote a really funny um, post about it. And I just want to say thanks. Check it out. The South in your mouth. In your, south in my mouth. <laughs> Very good. What do you got going on today? Um, I don't even know. I feel like so on the spot. I'm in sweats by the fire with my legs kicked up. So I'm not sure. I got to reassess. I know what I've got. It's February. It's the beginning of February and it's time to walk through the house with. Oh, a- yes. I love lists. Oh, man. So the, the vacation is over, my fellow podcast listeners. It is time to get back to work for reals. It's time to walk through the house for reals with, for reals with a pad and a pen and start making lists for all right here we go apartment one what needs to be done in here take and- around like um that masking tape and put pieces of tape all over the place of yep. spots that we have to come back to and fix or and paint. paint and all that kind of stuff i think so. the paintings are not going to be so much spots but all over <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be so we'll we'll it'll, we have what oh what happened to the changing the cabinet i thought you were gonna do that while i was out of town oh yeah that didn't work out so well oh no he was gonna change the cabinet top which really we need to do and is a top priority project for the winter however instead decided to buy a saw and to take apart the red car and take off the front bumper <laughs> listen <laughs> Our little, that is way more pressing issues. Our little, cr- our little crappy red car that Ashley t- flipped af- when it was a couple of months old has cannot pass the road inspection anymore <laughs> without thousands and thousands of euros worth of work. <laughs> so we had to go out. We bought another crappy little car that was even older than the crappy little car that we have now. Wait, wait. Side note. You need three keys for this goddamn car. Oh one God. to open the door, one to start the car, and one for the trunk and the gas tank. Hysterical. Anyway. <laughs> So not only this crap, our little, our older crappy little car still the runs. The little red car. The little red car. It still runs. It's the, like the motor, I really baby it. I could change the oil. I followed all the maintenance. Like the motor is great. The rest, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> but someone's got to give me three, 400 euros for just the, <laughs> like, just the parts. No, no, no. They want you to pay them to, um, to drop it you, off, drop it off, and give it, and to crush it, and to or sell the parts or whatever the hell they're going to do, and then give you the certificate that says that it's not roadworthy anymore. Well, forget that. I'm not going to pay them a couple of few hundred euros to do that. Forget it. So, what are we going to do? I'm going to as take- soon as he drops me off <laughs> for the go out of town, he goes and buys this shit. Went to the hardware store. We got a <laughs> keyhole saw, is it called? I don't know. One of those saws that go back and forth that can cut through metal. And I'm going to cut the roof and the back off the car. I'm going to take the seats out, rip everything out, make a frame out of metal tubing, and put down plywood, and then make a little, like, cart to haul wood and haul garbage and haul all that stuff. Because I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, too. I just think that's hysterical that somehow that took priority over the countertop. <laughs> Absolutely. 
But and so it begins. We now have one car that one oh, wrecked no. car in our driveway. So we're well on our way to white trash. All right, my Okie what, family pride. Will, I know uh, we'll make your Okie family proud. How many how many pieces or wrecks of different machinery and cars do we need before we get even can be considered into the category? Well, we definitely need the old seats that you took out of the red car place somewhere outside on a patio. Oh, so like, I was thinking a couch. That's what I mean. Well, like the old car seats. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it to was be a used, bench seat. To be yeah. used as a bench. Yeah, To be yeah. used as a couch. Or you... If Ooh, that's pretty good. That's I, pretty good. That is really classy. And we had that growing up at our front house on the front porch. Instead of like a rocking chair, the old van seats were in the front. Oh, baby. The <laughs> apple does not fall far, does it? I'm well on my way. <laughs> All right. Very good. What's the... Uh, Should we wrap this up? Yeah, what's the... Oh, Really exciting news. We were in USA Today. We already mentioned that. That was before when we uh, re-taped the first one. Oh. (laughs) The previous podcast that we uh, taped over, I opened with that, but I thought I'd close with it this time. Um, Super exciting. Yeah, we were just in USA Today this week for being a healthy destination for a culinary getaway. Wowee! No, but that's really huge. That's I, I big know. press for us. Uh, we're a I, tiny place out here. I know. I always send my brother whenever we're in publications that like um, hard copies that we can't get. I just, he, my brother lives in New York, and I tell him, "Listen, stop by and get the Financial Times, or stop off and get the USA Today, or blah blah blah." And we always get the date wrong to tell him to buy the paper. Always. <laughs> and sure, sure enough. Zach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy Friday, Friday. Buy the, buy. The, was it Friday? I know. I asked my dad to do it too. Yeah. Friday. Buy the, buy the USA Today because we're going to be in the USA Today travel section. Okay. And sh- we were not. I think we, we were, were not. Thursday. We were not. Not at all. No. I think it was so Thursday. So it makes us look both like an idiot and, and liars. <laughs> I liar. Zach just says we're racking up. Yeah. He's just upset with the price. <laughs> the do you know I spent two dollars on a USA Today and I. You weren't in it. <laughs> like, All right, buddy. Whatever. Put like, you wouldn't bill. read the paper anyway. But Not that one. He likes the crappy New York Post. Oh, the Daily News? No, he likes the Post. Even less news. Even better news. Even better news. More well, made up. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? No, let's wrap this bad boy up. We were 50 minutes in and Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Well, th- wow. You ha- you can talk. Let me tell you. What's the what's the uh, thing of the week? The song, song of the, of the week? week? Song of the week. Jason's going to call it the name. We've been choosing some of our favorite songs to play at the end of the podcast. And as a switch up, we thought we'd play one of Italian radio's favorite songs Holy to play. Crap. If the- you were here in 2010-ish. <laughs> anytime between 2009 to today. To today. And you are listening to any, basically any R-D-S-A. radio station. Yeah, we got RDS. RDS. Um, you will have heard this song. I now hate this song. I hate this person for making this song. I hate the fact that th- I hate the radio stations for doing nothing but playing this song. If you were here today, it would be the right Rihanna song. Uh-huh. What's the Rihanna one that I they don't play even know the names, constantly? But they wrecking pl- Ball. You can't be making records. <laughs> I complain because our new car does not have an iPod hookup, so I have to listen to the radio. And this got me talking the other day when we were, I was I picked Ashley up about. The fact that it'll... He's only just now, six years in, listening to Italian radio. Listening to Italian radio. And I'm sure they do this in the States, too, but they'll get 
a dozen songs, eight songs, and just every radio station will just play the crap out of it. And then they'll have a really random early 90s, like, I love your smile. You're like, where the hell did this come from? And they just have this bizarre mix. I don't know. It is so weird. And so we just thought, well, so this is t- in an homage to Italian radio. In an homage to Italian radio. Excellent. This is Tiziano Ferro, and it's Il Regalo Più Grande. Il Regalo Più Grande. Uh, the, the, the great, the big gift. Um, and uh, how many times have you heard this? A million. Song? So now it's so your So now turn. you get to hear it. <laughs> All right? And Hit it. <laughs> very good. Bring us home. All right. So you can find us at L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, La Tavola Marque, and that's latavolamarque.com. If you would like to book a culinary holiday, you can find all the details there. If you want to check out a little bit of Slice of Life, check out our blog, latavolamarque.blogspot.com. Sign up for our live online cooking classes. One will be this Sunday, two Yes, $5 a class, and you can find the details for our online cooking classes either on our blog or at live from italy live from italy online.tumblr.com you can also find um awesome pics just from everyday life and a few little video clips on instagram at ashley bartner a-s-h-l-e-y-b-a-r-t-n-e-r and if you guys want to send us questions comments oh stitcher Awesome. We're on a bunch of the top lists on Stitcher. Keep commenting and um, iTunes as and well. And iTunes as well. Ratings. It is huge. It helps us a ton. And even just clicking the star rating or an actual feedback really helps. We can't uh, thank you guys enough. And so many of you have written in saying how you've been sharing it with a friend. So keep doing it. You guys rock. All right. Very good. Um, here we go. Tiziano Ferro with Il Regalo Più Grande. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Arrivederci. Ciao. Voglio farti un regalo. Qualcosa di dolce. Qualcosa di raro. comune regalo di quelli che hai perso mai aperto lasciato in treno o mai accettato e di quelli che apri e poi piangi che sei contenta e non fingi in questo giorno di metà settembre ti dedicherò regalo mio più grande vorrei donare il tuo sorriso alla luna perché di notte chi la guarda possa pensare a te per ricordarti che il mio amore è importante che non importa ciò che dice la gente perché tu mi hai protetto con la tua gelosia che anche che molto stanco il tuo sorriso non andava via devo partire però so nel cuore la tua presenza è sempre arrivo e mai partenza Regalo mio più grande, regalo mio più grande, eh, eh, eh. vorrei mi facessi un regalo, un sogno inespresso, donarmelo adesso, eh, di quelli che non so aprire. 
di fronte ad altra gente perché il regalo più grande è solo nostro per sempre vorrei donare il tuo sorriso alla luna perché di notte chi la guarda possa pensare a te per ricordarti che il mio amore è importante e non importa ciò che dice la gente perché tu mi hai protetto con la tua gelosia che anche che molto stanco il tuo sorriso non andava via devo partire però sono nel cuore la tua presenza sempre arriva mai e se arrivassi ora la fine che sei un burrone non per volermi odiare solo per voler volare se ti nega tutto questa estrema agonia se ti nega anche la vita respira la mia stavo attento a non amare prima di incontrarti e confondevo la mia vita con quella degli altri non voglio farmi più del male adesso amore Possa pensare a te, ricordarti che il mio amore è importante, che non importa ciò che dice la gente, poi amore dato, amore preso, amore mai reso, amore grande come il tempo che non si è reso, amore che mi parla coi tuoi occhi qui di fronte. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.